chapter four of the man on the other side this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the man on the other side by ada barnett chapter four mrs north's tennis party pursued its usual successful career in the brilliant sunshine which as mr fothersley remembered always favoured her fred riversley had brought an unexpected carload of r a f boys down from london with him this made a tournament possible as mrs north saw at once they drew partners with much fun and laughter mr fothersley telephoned to fairbridge for a selection of prizes to be sent out by the four-thirty bus it was one of the charming sort of things which mr fothersley did it was more particularly nice of him on this particular afternoon than usual because so far as mr fothersley was concerned mr pithy was making it almost unbearable he was a large flat pale yellow gentleman with a peculiarly penetrating metallic voice he had a very long nose with a broad tip curving upwards and small keen eyes which darted everywhere without the slightest hesitation he took the place which from time immemorial belonged to mr fothersley at all meant more parties under the beech tree whereby all the rights of precedence mr fothersley should have led the conversation mr pithy's metallic voice held sway and drove all before it in the usual walk round the garden always personally conducted by mr fothersley and his hostess mr pithy laid down the correct lines on which to bed out to grow carnations to keep down weeds or anything else that cropped up when mr fothersley drew attention to the fact that on any of the courts the final of the hard-fought set was in progress it was mr pithy's voice that drowned all others as he shouted well played and gave advice to all concerned in fact mr pithy dominated the party mrs pithy a small blue-faced lady very expensively dressed sat in a comfortable basket chair with her feet on a stool and unless actually asked a question she spoke to no one except her husband whom she always addressed by name bertie when she remembered herb when she forgot even the arrival of lady condor undoubtedly the personage of the place made no impression on this strange couple's evident conviction that they were people of supreme importance in the universe lady condor could have put the old gentleman himself in his place if the mood were on her but on this occasion as it happened she was frankly and evidently entertained by the pithies mr fothersley regretted it seldom had he looked out 
more anxiously for the arrival of her wheeled chair surrounded by its usual escort of five white west highlanders lady condor always used her chair in preference to her car for short journeys so that her dogs also might have an outing seldom had he been more disappointed in her and lady condor was given to amazing surprises this was certainly one of them solemnly and as far as was possible in his manner conveying the honour being conferred on him mr fothersley led mr pithy to lady condor's chair so soon as she had been ensconced by her hostess in a comfortable and shady spot near the tea-tables and with a good view of the tennis not that she ever looked at it for more than a second at a time she was always too busy talking but it was de rigueur that she should have the best place at any entertainment mrs pithy for the moment it was impossible to introduce as it would plainly not occur to her to leave her chair until she had finished her tea for anybody except possibly mr pithy mr fothersley effected mr pithy's introduction admirably the delicate shade of deference in his own manner left nothing to be desired may i be allowed to present mr pithy dear lady condor he asked deftly bringing that gentleman's large pale presence into her line of vision ah how do you do no don't trouble to shake hands she waved away a large approach you can't get at me for the dogs and where are my glasses arthur i've dropped them somewhere could it have been in the drive no i had them since what on my lap oh yes thank you very much she put them on and looked at mr pithy and mr pithy looked at her pleased to meet you he said do you always take a pack of dogs about with you plainly mr pithy disapproved jack and jenny father and mother of the family were moving in an unfriendly manner round his feet just call them off will you mr fothersley awaited the swift and complete annihilation of mr pithy it was a matter of doubt if even lady condor could have accomplished it at any rate she made no attempt she continued to look at him with what might almost be described as appreciation in her shrewd eyes under their heavy lids only she did not call the dogs off and then to an amazed company of the mentmore elite she gave mr pithy her whole and undivided attention for the space of nearly half an hour mr pithy gave his opinion as it was always apparently his pride and pleasure to do on many and various things the old order changeth yielding place to new might have served for the text of mr pithy's conversation who's been at the head of affairs in this village i don't know he said largely but more rotten management more want of enterprise more lack of ordinary sense i've never come across why you see it everywhere here's the whole place without any light unless you call lamps and candles light and a stream running through the place water-power at your doors by jingo and money in it too or i shouldn't be taking it up 
ever been in germany he gulped down his third cup of tea and looked around at his now more or less interested audience well they've got electric light in every potty little village you go to got it there still at this minute and mr pithy laid a large yellow hand on lady condor's knee cheaper than you can get it over here one really can't believe it exclaimed mrs north surely it's not possible everything is possible said lady condor curiously examining mr pithy's hand through her glasses i was over there staying near cologne on business last week returned mr pithy impressively so i ought to know and when you know me better mrs north mr fothersley's shudder was almost audible you know i don't talk without my book i got nails over there metal mind you cheaper than you can get em here perhaps you won't credit that he helped himself to more cake and started afresh now look at the farming round about here rotten that's what it is rotten never went in for it myself before but i know when a concern's run as it should be or not there's only one farm in this district that's real tipped up and that's thorpe it's a little bit of a place but it's well run run by a woman too but she's a fool if you'll believe me i offered her a twenty-five per cent profit on whatever the price she gave for that little place and she wouldn't take it just have suited me to play with and there's one or two things there i'd like up at the court by the way any gentleman or lady here got some of those old lead water tanks they'd like a fancy price for because i'm a buyer by this time the assembly under the beech tree was more or less paralyzed and mrs north was wondering what madness had possessed her to be the first to ask mr pithy to meet lady condor but lady condor continued to beam not only to beam but every now and then to break into a chuckle and yet this was not at all the sort of thing one would have expected to amuse her old lead water tanks she repeated thoughtfully dear arthur would you mind putting jock on my lap thank you so much and now jenny there darlings don't be nervous mr pithy they never really bite unless you come too close let me see where were we oh yes tanks no i'm afraid i have none for sale just now you see said mr pithy confidentially if i get the stuff off some of you old inhabitants i know it's the right sort and i don't mind what i pay if you go on talking much longer bertie you'll be late for seeing the man who's coming about the butler's place said mrs pithy suddenly from her chair she had just finished her tea and swept many crumbs from her lap as she spoke quite right my dear quite right mr pithy rose as he spoke i'm never late for an appointment mrs north matter of conscience with me never mind who it's with butler duke it was characteristic of mr pithy that he put the butler first well good-bye to you all mr pithy shook hands largely all round followed by mrs pithy pleased to have met your ladyship sorry not to have seen your good husband mrs north the man's in this place i reckon that margin business of his is one of the best managed in leicester and we don't let flies walk on us there anyhow he goes in for a bit of science and writing as well doesn't he good all-round man eh and conscious of having been generally pleasant mr pithy removed his large pale presence to where his rolls-royce car awaited him in the front drive i know you will forgive me dear lady said mr fothersley his voice trembling with emotion if i do not see them off indeed yes exclaimed mrs north the allusion to the margarine factory had made her 
hot all over what perfectly hateful people he did nothing but talk and she did nothing but eat lady condor arose briskly from her chair scattering west highlanders around her where is roger she demanded i am going to be really clever if i can only concentrate sufficiently to say what i mean don't distract my thoughts any of you but i must have roger he is the only really brainy one among us at least i mean he is the only one who's used his brains i have naturally a very good brain but it is rusty from want of use all our brains are rusty but what is it i want oh yes roger in his study my dear let us all go yes where are my glasses and my gloves please put them in your pocket until i go arthur i cannot afford to lose them as i used to do down children down she took mrs norris arm and with mr fothersley on her other hand and the dogs in full chorus started across the lawn toward the house well played violet well played the child's as good as ever at it but where were we going oh yes i must have roger we will surprise him through the window he will be very cross but he won't say anything because it's me ah but there he is norse long figure came out into the sunlight and as he approached the group he had much the air of a big schoolboy who had been playing truant i apologize profusely he said my intentions were of the very best i intended to come out to tea but i happened on mr pithy in the hall where he was endeavouring to purchase mansfield there was a chorus of exclamations well he was asking mansfield to recommend him a good butler for a gentleman's establishment salary no object of man satisfactory i confess i ran away lady condor if you will drink another cup of tea i should love to fetch it for you but it is plainly not my fault if you will encourage my wife to entertain these people you would never entertain anybody if you had your own way said his wife i would always entertain lady condor or rather i am always sure lady condor will entertain me well i am delighted with mr pithy announced lady condor reoccupying her chair and enjoying the sensation she created yes in mr pithy i see our now what is the word i want oh yes our avenger the people have dethroned us they are taxing us out of existence condor told me this morning he must put the cleave estate into the market i shall be lucky if i keep my diamonds and poor hawkehurst will be lucky if he and his wife don't end in the workhouse but where was i i had got it all in my head just now if only i could write it all down directly i think of it i could make my fortune as a writer of leaders in a daily paper yes they have dethroned us and they will get pithies dozens of pithies instead we shall be ruined obsolete extinct but we shall be revenged they will get pithies in our place heaven be praised the old nouveau riche were bearable they had reverence they recognized their limitations they were prepared to be taught look at you dear people of course we have all known about the margarine and you dear nita yours was wine or was it mineral water something to drink wasn't it we needn't hide anything now because the pithies will strip everything bare if you dear things had come here with two and a half shillings a year and lived in a villa we should never have known you and yet yes now i have it yet really and truly roger was the real aristocracy the aristocracy of brains the margarine and wine didn't matter nor did the money at least i mean it ought not to have i'm getting terribly muddled and where is my scarf did i drop it when i got up oh here it is you see we made the aristocracy of wealth we couldn't resist the shoots in scotland 
for the boys and the balls for the girls and the snug directors ships on big companies yes we smirched our position our grandfathers and grandmothers would never have done it and now here we are positively being patronized yes dear arthur patronized by pithies i think i have gone off on to another track it was losing my scarf but i am delighted with pithy he will avenge us on the masses pithy of the avenger yes but i should have put it much better if i could have said it while he was here arthur do look more cheerful think of pithy as the avenger it makes him so bearable and i will have that cup of tea roger i cannot laugh said mr fathersley his voice even though addressing lady condor held a word of rebuke we should never have called it enrages me to think that we should have submitted to such such words failed him however he added we have reason to be thankful we did not call on the st ubes i gathered to-day that the name which might easily have misled us was originally stubbs i shall not call these pithy people again words failed him and lady condor chuckled mrs pithy disapproves of me she announced she is probably telling mr pithy that i paint i must own it is very badly done to-day mullins was in a temper she always makes me up badly when she is in a temper now do let us enjoy ourselves let us forget the pythian invasion thank you and some cake yes and some one else must have some tea to keep me company dear nita yes the poor hostess never gets enough tea now this is cosy and where are my glasses i have not looked at the tennis yet and i know it is very good i have not spoken to dear violet or to fred and there why surely they are playing together did they draw together how strange the child is lovelier than ever and now they have finished bring them to have tea with me what is fred now a major isn't it too ridiculous and i suppose those little boys you have brought with you in r a f uniforms are brigadier generals and have you won the tournament my dears no said fred riversley he and violet had shaken hands and had waited till lady condor stopped for breath no i played very badly even vi couldn't pull me through he was a fair heavily built young man and while the ladies talked all three seemingly at once for lady condor rarely ceased he sat down on the grass and was at once the centre of attraction for the five dogs when a momentary pause occurred he asked how's dudley dudley said lady condor has got his aluminum leg it is really too wonderful you'd never guess it wasn't a real live leg unless he tries to run which of course he mustn't do but everything else and john we had letters from only yesterday russia yes and heaven knows when we'll get him back and where's your harry why it seems only yesterday he was retrieving tennis balls in a sailor suit harry is stuck at marseilles said riversley on his way to egypt doesn't know what's going to happen to him till peace is signed the little group fell on a sudden silence a silence that the steady thud of the tennis balls the call of the scores the applause did not touch a shadow seemed to cross the sunbathed lawns and brilliant flower-beds there were others whom they all remembered of whom no one would ever ask for news again riversley got up and carried the empty cups back to the tea-table then he stood and watched the tennis for a little space his mind moved heavily but he was conscious that in spite of all the momentum given by a great reaction it would not be so easy as of old to make a business of pleasure presently he slipped away to the peace and seclusion of his father-in-law's study it was a long low room lined from floor to ceiling with books 
north's writing-table stood in one window the other opened on to the lawn while a further means of escape was afforded by a second door at the end of the room opening into his laboratory in the great armchair guarding the hearth slept respectably larry and victoria the little lady fox-terrier who owned roger north between vic and larry there existed a curious compact immovable apparently as the laws of the medes and persians each had a share of the room on which the other never encroached and larry possessed certain privileges plainly conceded by victoria with regard to north beyond which he never went in all other matters the two were fast friends and had been so long before larry came to live at westwood lady condor's west highlanders they tolerated in the garden but never in the house both dogs greeted riversley with effusion and the heavy silent young man sat with victoria on his knee and larry at his feet surrounding himself with clouds of smoke and stroking the little sleek head against his arm presently north joined him you are staying the night he asked accepting a proffered cigar no riversley emptied his pipe of ashes and began to refill it i've made the excuse of business in london he went on after that little pause i think by once a change from everything there was another pause but still north did not speak he understood this stolid and apparently rather ordinary young man better than most people did he knew the difficulty with which he spoke of things that touched him deeply things that really mattered so he lit his cigar and passed the light in silence and presently riversley went on again you see i still think by did the best thing she could under the circumstances when she married me he said but even so it has not been the success i hoped it would have been there's something wrong something more than having to put up with me instead of a chap like old dick it was a knock-down blow losing him but by was damned plucky over that and it doesn't account for what asked north sharply this time when the usual pause came i don't know answered riversley stolid as ever that's what worries me i can't put a name to it but there's something wrong vi's altered and it isn't for the better altered well she looks at things differently she's lost oh i don't know my dear fellow can't you be a little more explicit no i'm a stupid sort of a fellow or perhaps i'd understand better what's wrong the only thing definite that i can lay hold of is that she gets sudden spasms of hatred and it's well it's like looking into a red-hot hell i don't know how else to describe it she always had a bit of a temper you know but this is different and his voice dropped a little and lost its steadiness for a moment the animals won't go near her sometimes there was a queer strange silence for a minute across which the laughter outside broke like a jangling wire i expect she's treated them unjustly said north conscious even as he spoke of the futility of his reason dogs never resent where they care said riversley briefly it's not that they they are afraid of her for some reason and it's horribly uncanny sometimes i thought perhaps if she came down here without me had a rest for me you know it would help her a bit north nodded i think you are wise i hope it's only a passing phase she's been through a stiff time and we are none of us yet quite normal i fancy it isn't as if she cared for me riversley went on steadily i took my risk and i take it again and i'm not blaming her mind you and i'm only telling you about it because she seems to hang on to you and you'll be able to help her better if you know 
yes i understand that returned north he felt as a matter of fact particularly helpless what riversley had just told him coupled with violet's outburst to himself that afternoon worried and disturbed him not a little he remembered those words of hers sometimes i'm frightened the words overwrought hysterical long strained jumbled in his mind and brought no comfort then suddenly like a hand stretched out to a stumbling man came the thought of thorpe its radiant peace the steady eyes of ruth sear and with that came the thought of dick carey he looked across at riversley there's one thing i'd like to tell you he said and that is dick wished violet had chosen you instead of himself he felt somehow that you were really better suited to her riversley's eyes met his in blank amazement dick thought that he always felt he was too old for vi but she was desperately in love with him and he knew it and you know old dick besides vi could twist almost any man round her little finger but that he would have been glad if her choice had fallen on you instead of himself i have no doubt whatever riversley stood up filling his chest with a long breath thank you for telling me he said it's a help there is one other thing i'd like to say north went on speaking rather hurriedly and that is see that you and vi don't get like myself and her mother vi is like her in some ways and though no doubt i've been in fault too and we were always wholly unsuited yet we began under better conditions than you have and now we've got on each other's nerves so much that everything she says or does irritates me and vice versa we can't get right now if we would she thinks she's fond of me still because it's the correct thing to be fond of your husband but it's far nearer hatred than love and i have no delusions and for god's sake my boy keep clear of following in our footsteps we come of a different generation sir said riversley simply if we can't hit it off we shall part only if there is trouble ahead for her and i'm afraid there is i'm right there north looked at him with kindly eyes but he sighed he knew only too well how the long years of misunderstanding and irritability and want of give and take can wear out what at first seemed such a wonderful and indestructible thing roger roger shrilled his wife's voice from the lawn every one is going aren't you coming to say good-bye she flashed on their vision as she called her face flushed with indignation under her beflowered hat her hands full of small boxes tissue paper and cotton wool i really do think you might help a little it looks so odd and all my friends think you peculiar enough already brought back with a shock to the deadly importance of the ordinary routine north became flippant you don't mean to say they tell you so he asked it's easy enough to guess what they must think without any telling retorted his wife at any rate if you can't behave with common civility yourself you might let fred come and help me fred i've arranged for cold supper at eight thirty will you come at once and look after the friends you brought down while violet and i change and don't i beg you for violet's sake get into the same ways as her father riversley followed her meekly across the lawn i'm really awfully sorry he apologized is there anything else i can do then he stopped his mother-in-law was immersed in a group of her guests saying good-bye and his eyes had found the figure they always sought outside the front door lady condor her scarves gloves and glasses were all being packed carefully into her bath-chair and a little way down the drive was his wife in front of her just out of arm's length were the little pack of west highlanders barking furiously she stooped down coaxing them to come and be petted he progressed across the lawn towards her in his usual rather ponderous fashion 
and stood watching all the light of the sun seemed for him to centre round that slim white figure it touched the smooth dark silk of her hair with a crown of glory and found no flaw in the clear pale skin the rose red mouth those slender hands held out to the dogs he would have followed them to the end of the earth he loved all of her with everything he had or was presently she gave up her hopeless efforts and standing to her full height looked at him across the still barking dogs they have forgotten me the little pigs she said they won't even let me pat them but riversley knew even as dogs do not resent where they love neither do they forget End of chapter four